With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your host, Alan Smith. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, October 23rd, 2014. I'm Alan Smith along with Donna Smith, and this is Trucking Open Forum on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, Donna, the lines are almost full already. We're all filling up, and uh, I didn't get everybody named or tagged there, but uh, we've got a bunch of hands up and going, so we can just get this Trucking Open Forum rolling here. But just before we take the first quick break, uh, you had you had something you wanted to uh, mention right off the bat, right? I did, I did. Uh, before we get going, um, I just want to make an announcement. And I, I know a lot of people, you know, they put announcements on for help, uh, things going on in life. We all have things going on, but we have some friends in the trucking industry who they always seem to be there for everyone, and right now, uh, they're having a, a rough time. Um, it's Kathy and Robert Cass, and we met them a couple of times at the convention. And uh, Robert's a, a veteran driver, and he's had some pretty serious illnesses. Um, just to make it short, he's been he's been driving 15 years. In July, he had a mini stroke, had to be airlifted. Uh, they thought he was going to be getting better. Then he had another one, uh, another mini stroke in August. And now he's out. Of, he's been out of work. Uh, Kathy and Robert do have a few fund funding uh, sites up right now, and uh, I just want to announce where you can send five dollars. Um, you know, one dollar, anything. I, I tell you, power in numbers. We all know that. And uh, let's see, what do I have here? Um, okay, just give me give me a second. Okay. Uh, that would be um, Kathy underscore Cass, Cass 2001 at com, And then they have a GoFundMe account. And then there's also a Tupperware fundraiser that's being offered by Deb Jones. Now, I'm going to put these links up on Facebook. And I hope people don't mind because I'm going to put them in a few groups. And we're not spamming. We're just trying to help people out. But if you know Kathy and Robert, you know, you can go to their page 
on Facebook, and I'm sure they'd appreciate it. They're fine people, and like I said, um, they're always there for everyone else. I'd like us to be able to be there for them. Uh, That's my announcement for now. I'll have some more after the show, but I wanted to make sure everybody heard this first. All right, so it is Trucking Open Forum. We threw up a few ideas. We do want to touch bases on uh, the uh, update on the federal business carry permit that is uh, in the House and Senate or going through the House and Senate right now. And a few more things we have. Uh, I didn't get everybody. If you're having trouble calling in, uh, just keep trying because the, the lines are pretty full. We have callers from, uh, I have their names up there the best I could, but we have uh, Maine, Florida, Ohio, Michigan, New York, Kansas, Florida, Alabama, another Michigan, Illinois, Massachusetts. Washington State, and it just kind of keeps going. I didn't get them all, but we'll take this quick break. We'll open up the lines, and we'll probably, uh, Donna, probably start with this uh, carry permit, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I think we have a few online here. Uh, I mean, I know we have Arthur and James and uh, Seth and Tom and Terry and uh, a few others down through here. So we'll take this quick break, be right back. We'll open up the lines, and we'll get it all rolling. You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. <laughs> Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way. Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you? I'll have a Coke and whatever he's having. Back in a bit. What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheets. Want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheet Central. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. 
To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back, uh, Trucking Open Forum, and um, I'm, I'm still haven't got everybody on the on the lines all tagged here. Donna, Donna, what was that running over here? Looking, you you were checking out all the callers. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe the switchboard. Um, yeah, it's totally full. I put a, a little note on Facebook to go to the show link that we have posted. Um, you can just go to blogtalkradio.com and then forward slash Truth About Trucking. But I guess if you're hearing it, you're already on. So, um, But anyway, I posted it on your Facebook page that they can just listen to the show through their computer because I don't think they're going to get through. All right. Well, let's get it rolling. I think now I know we have uh, we have Terry on the line here, too, wanting to talk about the deaf truckers. That's important. We want to get to that. I guess we'll start with uh, this biggest issue is this um, uh, federal business carry permit, Donna. So let's start with that, and then we're going to have to work in Terry and Tom's on the line. Want well, to talk about what? Oh, I was just going to say, I, I I just was going to define it um, because there seems to be a lot of confusion. well, we have James Lamb on the line. Okay, well, let's get him on here then. I'm going to let's open up the lines here with uh, James Lamb. Now, James Lamb is with the uh, small business uh, tra- small business and transportation coalition, and he is the one that put through this. Uh, uh, hopefully this bill, Federal Business Carry Permit, and uh, let's get him online. We'll get Seth on here. James, uh, uh, I'm thinking this is James anyway. James, is that you? Yeah, that's me. Good evening. Oh, that's you. Okay. I have a, I have about, uh, oh, I'm seeing about eight or nine callers from Florida, <laughs> so I, I picked the right one. So And Seth, I know Seth here, uh, I have... Uh, calling out of uh, area code Michigan 231 uh and Seth is also interested in this and had some view on this so Seth I'll open you up here so welcome to the show thank you and let me see here now we have author but he's talking about in congress Donna yeah uh, that's a different topic okay so I and we, we have Tom for some health and Terry on deaf drivers so and uh, okay, let me look here, make sure I'm not missing anyone. Um, we have that Florida, Alabama, Washington—they're uh, all over the place. Okay, so James, why don't you start off with this um, federal business carry permit? Kind of define it, and I know Seth has uh, some viewpoints, and we'll just kind of rock and roll here. Sure. Well, uh, you know, this all started uh, kind of in the aftermath of the the Mike uh, Baglin murder, unfortunately. And we put up a petition, as you know, on change.org, and a pretty successful petition so far. Uh, Something like 1,750 people have signed it. And, uh, of course, what we're we're asking Congress to do in this instance is to create a federal business carry permit, which would allow uh, interstate drivers, anybody actually that's engaged in interstate commerce as a business, uh, doing business in more than one state, ultimately to have the right to apply for and after a a serious vetting process for them to um, ultimately be granted a federal business carry firearms permit. Um, And the whole idea is for 
truckers that are going from state to state that already have a permit in their home state that may be accepted in other states and may not be accepted in other states, it's for them to not have to apply, let's say, 14 different times, go through 14 different applications with fees and fingerprinting and all that, and in some instances get denied by some of the gun-unfriendly states uh, that typically are in the Northeast. And so we've uh, asked Congress basically to kind of step in under their federal authority, under the uh, Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution that gives Congress the right to regulate interstate commerce. And we said, well, if truckers are going from one state to another, that's interstate commerce. And what we'd like to do is have Congress protect uh, those drivers that are out there in the sense uh, that they would allow truckers to get this permit and be able to carry a firearm for self-defense purposes so that when they're driving from state to state, they don't have to worry about which state they're in and whether their permit is allowed and before they leave the, for the trip, whether they're going to bring their gun along because one of the states might not let them have it. Uh, and, and also it takes away from what we all know is happening out in the industry, which is there are truckers that are out there that are carrying firearms illegally into these states. And, uh, in fact, I, I just sent over to Donna a few hours ago a couple of articles, and one of them um, has to do with uh, a trucker getting arrested in New York State because he did not have a permit. Uh, another one was uh, same exact state, New York, but uh, it wasn't about the permit. It was about too many actual bullets in the clip. So some of the states have, you know, of course, responded to some of the incidents like the Connecticut school shooting from a few years ago in a uh, in a rather gun-unfriendly way. And, of course, we all have fundamental differences, those of us that are on the pro-gun side versus the uh, gun control side. And what we're doing basically is saying, well, you know, if uh, New York and New Jersey and uh, let's say the city of Boston, for instance, that typically are gun-unfriendly states, if they're uh, willing to accept product into their state, you know, from truckers that are hardworking and are looking to just do their job and go home to their to the family at the end of the, the run, then those people should be sensitive to the uh, self-defense needs of truckers. And we've seen these incidents happen, like uh, Michael Baglin getting killed and Jason Rivenberg, uh, which is, of course, the namesake for Jason's law. And... Uh, you know, so we're we're basically trying to take action, and it, and it looks like uh, we're getting some positive feedback in uh, in Congress. Well, I wanted to ask you a question, um, James, because there's a lot of confusion going on. I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, I have my Second Amendment, and that is my right to carry, and then others are saying uh, they'll claim the Tenth Amendment. It's taking uh, power away from the states. And let me ask you, if somebody already has a permit, let's say, uh, from, we'll use Florida, um, how would this work where now if this goes through, would they have to go through another vetting process uh, or, you know, is from for everybody who now who wants to have a permit, what would the process be? You would no longer go through the criteria of the state. You would now go through the federal government. I think this is where the confusion lies. Well, I think what we want to do is we kind of want to look at this from the perspective of regular citizens versus citizens that have a bona fide business need that engage in interstate commerce. So, for instance, here I am. I, you know, let's say run the Small Business and Transportation Coalition I pretty much have an office in Florida. I live in Florida. 
and uh, you know, I really don't leave the state for business purposes. So for me, I would be still getting a permit from the state of Florida. That's that actual permit based on the reciprocity agreements among the states allows me to carry in uh, 34 states, and then there are 14 states that I can't carry in. So, you know, that's the average citizen that's not engaged in a business interstate commerce purpose. And when we look at truckers, then they, they, would, they would fall under that original format of being a citizen of a particular state, but they would have a special need. And that special need would be at the federal or addressed at the federal level. And so what we've done is we've written into this bill, and, uh, you know, we're basically dubbing it Mike's Law, and in the bill, we basically are saying that it makes sense for the federal agency, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, for them to issue the permit and be responsible for determining the criteria for who gets a permit and, you know, what the vetting process is. So in other words, a trucker who's based, let's say, in Florida, he could wind up at the end of this, if this all goes through, with two special permits. One would be his regular state permit, and then one would be a federal permit that would only apply when he's engaged in interstate commerce. Well, so the question is, they still go through their state to get their permit, right? I mean, I think that's the confusion. Um, Yeah, they'd have a state permit and a federal permit. Okay. They would be two separate separate permits, yeah. uh, And and only the CDL drivers can go for for this uh, special uh, permit. Well, we're we're crafting this so that in order to qualify, you have to be engaged in interstate commerce. So that's the general category. One example of satisfying that criteria would be a truck driver. But, you know, there may be even a, other other folks in other industries that might argue they should qualify as well, a door-to-door salesman on the border of Georgia and Florida, you know, who goes back and forth. Well, he's doing business and he's engaged in interstate commerce. So, you know, there, there right. could be other applications of it as well. Okay. Right. Okay. Let me let me just see. Then we're going to go to Seth. Uh, I just want. I have a caller from Ohio wanting to make sure he's not uh, interested in this topic that we're talking about right now. For, uh, but area code five one three Ohio. Welcome to the show. Are you uh, are are you in on this topic, or did you have something else you wanted to discuss? Uh, hi, Alan. Hey. Hi. Did you want to get in on this? Hey, hey, Missy. How are you? Hey, good, thanks. Um, I'm just listening in. Um, uh, I invited Seth and Arthur and Terry um, Sutton, the Swift trainer. So I was just listening in on my members. Oh, okay. All oh, right, okay. great. All right, did you want to discuss something later? Uh, no, not really. I was just listening in. Okay. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Well, you had your hand up, so I thought you wanted to say something. But, um, okay, let me – okay, Seth, Um well, you heard from James Lamb, who uh, put this uh, putting this legislation bill, whatever you want to call it, through. Uh, so, so what what's your thoughts on this federal business carry permit? Uh, my first thought would be is that it is a very good idea. Um, where the unfortunate incident happened in Detroit with Mr. Baglin being murdered, I used to run flatbeds out of Detroit, and I used to sleep in that exact same spot. I recognized it when I saw the pictures. Um, I know the area. It's not good. As drivers, we do go to bad areas. Um, We're never in the nice parts of town. We all know that. Um, I have a few questions on it uh, for Mr. Lamb. Uh, When it comes to seaports, airports, railroad yards, stuff like that that is uh, 
secured under the laws of Department of Homeland Security. How are we going to carry in there? Because then you're going into an international trade zone where it could be placed on a rail car or, let's say, and go right up into Canada. Well, that's a that's a really good uh, question, and you know that this is once we start talking about the generalities of this, then we start to get into the you know the meat and potatoes and the and the nuts and, and the details. So uh, how that would be addressed, you know, ultimately would be a matter of how Congress delegates the authority to do those answer those types of questions to the ATF, and they would then engage in a rulemaking process. And then they would, you know, you know, kind of answer those questions and, and fill in those blanks. I can tell you that, you know, there are there are times when, um, you know, there there are folks that go and they they visit. For instance, uh, I, I had a conversation with a trucker a couple of days ago, and she said, you know, sometimes I I go into prisons and I have to deliver there. And she says, so I I carry, I lawfully carry, I have a permit. And when it's time to, you know, get to the guard, I say, here's my gun. I know you're gonna need to take this from me temporarily as I go into the the prison. And she checks it with the the officer. She goes in and does her business. She comes back out. She she takes her her weapon. So it would probably be something along those lines where, you know, there would be some kind of procedure that would be implemented to take into consideration uh, those unique circumstances. Okay. Um, my my next thing would be, drivers really don't have that great of a public image. How much backlash do you think we're going to get from the uh, general populace when it comes to wanting to arm drivers on the roads? Uh, we had an incident in Oklahoma City back in July where a uh, road rage, rage incident where a driver was shot at by a fellow truck driver. Um, mm. That that happened. That was glorified in the papers, of course. And then, you know, people are going to say that we make poor decisions because you always hear about the accidents where the driver is fatigued. And general population is going to say, if they're not smart enough to park the truck when they're tired, do we really want to trust these guys with a firearm? Yeah. Well, you know, I can I can tell you that um, we've we've felt we've uh, dealt with that uh, question a couple of times now. And in fact, we've kind of prepared as we've gone into these meetings with members of Congress uh, in the House and the Senate now this week, and we basically try to you know kind of come up with all different types of scenarios and, and what the objections would be. And, of course, you're, you're picking on, you know, one, one of the top objections. You know, what are you, crazy? You want to give truckers guns? And that comes from pretty much the left uh, wing side. And, and so the, the answer to that is that you cannot really legislate stupidity. And it's really a matter of, you know, there are going to be exceptional circumstances that are, are going to happen all the time and any time you're making laws. And you don't legislate for the exceptions. You, you legislate for the core mission. And the core mission in this case is, of course, to allow the good law-abiding citizens that are, you know, American citizens that are engaged in interstate commerce, specifically commercial truck drivers, allow them the right to bear their arms and, and actually protect themselves in a self-defense capacity in the event that they're attacked, just like Michael Pagan was. So, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at this, you know, from, from that perspective. And then my, my real answer to that question really boils down to this. Let me get this straight. Here we have a driver who's driving an 80,000-pound semi going 75 miles an hour, let's say, down the road. He's a guided missile. And if he gets pissed off at somebody else, a four-wheeler or another truck driver, he's got this weapon in his hands already. It's called a truck. 
And all he's got to do is sideswipe the guy and run him off the, the road. And the problem with that is if he experiences that rage and, and that's what he does, he might actually take out a school bus filled with children in the next lane as well. So, you know, we can come up with these examples and we can come up with these retaliatory type responses to explain away how that's, you know, just an exception. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is we have, to, we have to focus on what the core mission is. The mission is to allow American citizens who have a right under the Second Amendment to bear arms, to protect themselves in their homes. And I have to remind everybody, and I, I don't think I really do because you all know it, the, the truck is the trucker's home when he's on the road, you know, so... That's that's kind of the response. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, and Alan and I were talking about this before, was this isn't saying, you know, okay, you got your CDL license. Now, you know, here's your permit to go get a gun. I mean, most of these people already have their uh, their permits from their from their home state. So it, it you still have to go through the vetting process. It's not... Yes. You know, it, it's not like it's handed to you, you. You graduate here. Here's your gun. Here's your life. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. So there is criteria that remains that needs to be um, needs to be met. So I, I guess that's what I would uh, tell people. You know, it, it's a process. Yeah, correct. And but we also go ahead, sir. We also run into. The... Oh. I'm sorry. I'm standing down. No, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Okay, we also run into uh, we also run into resistance with companies that are based in states that do have concealed carry laws. Um, if a company creates a policy that their truck is a no firearm zone, then you are actually in violation of your concealed weapon permit by carrying in that truck. And a lot of companies, Michigan, for example, um, I know of companies in Michigan that. You can have a concealed carry license, but it is in their policy, and you sign that policy stating that you will not um, carry a gun in the vehicle. You're then in violation of your permit. Well, well I think, I think Alan, that? didn't you talk about that on your last show, about how you know the company drivers are a whole different ball of wax? Well, company or leased owner-operator, whatever. I mean, the company the company has the right to establish its it set policy, even the way it stands now with a legalized state permit, they would have the same right to do that, James, uh, even with a federal permit, don't you think? Yeah, well, and, and here, here's the thing. I mean, this is about politics, and this is about, when you think about it, power dynamics. So, in other words, the, the policy that we're talking about right now is the policy today, and it's based on the fact that, for instance, this federal permit does not exist, but... What I think is important to really talk about is that when when we're looking at this this issue of the company blocking you, they can they can do that. They have the right to do that. And I, I was on another show recently, and someone was saying, "Well, that's my Second Amendment, and the company can't do that." And I said, "No, no, wait, wait, wait. The, the Second Amendment prevents the government from infringing on your right to carry. It has nothing to do with private contract, which is basically what policy for a carrier is all about." So, right. you know, when it comes to that, we, we can't stop that. But here's what would happen. Right now, we are in what most folks consider a capacity crisis or driver shortage, however you want to put it. And what that means is that carriers are having a tough time finding drivers, 
and it means brokers are having a tough time finding carriers that have drivers, and it means that shippers are having a tough time finding brokers who can find carriers who have drivers that, that, that can transport their freight. So when we look at that, now is actually the perfect time for us to bring this up because as a driver is thinking about either becoming a company driver and driving the company equipment or he's thinking about getting his own truck and leasing on for the authority of a carrier, now is the perfect time for him or her to interview the carrier and to find out what their policies are. And so, you know, they probably have a checklist about how much time am I going to be on the road, when do I get home, how much am I going to get paid per mile, and all these other things that drivers, you know, normally consider, benefits and the like. And then, then they look at, they have the, the ability to look at what their policy is on guns. And so, in other words, the driver can go back to the car and say, you know what, this was a great deal. I was so ready to sign on with you, except for one little problem. You don't respect my right to protect myself. And that's a problem for me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say thank you very much. I appreciate your time. But I'm going to go over to company X, and I'm going to go and ask them what their policy is. And if they have the same deal as you and they allow, allow me to carry guns, then I'm going, to, I'm going to be able to deal with them. James, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't basically, in a nutshell, doesn't this really take care of all the reciprocity laws that people have to, you know, it's almost like you have to have a, a folder or notebook and to know, okay, I'm going through this state, I, I can't do this, I'm going through this state, I can't. I mean, isn't that really what it takes care of? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happens. In fact, it's a hammer on the head of those states who are in the way of drivers protecting themselves. So those states like New York and New Jersey, and I come from New York, so I, and I used to be in law enforcement in New York, so I know how those, those folks are thinking. But you know, this is in the way of people preventing the next Michael Bakeland incident. So what we're talking about is using the federal government's power to supersede the need for reciprocity and to overrule, if you will, those states that are anti-gun states. You want me to bring product into your state? Well, then you have to respect the federal license that I have to carry a firearm. It's no longer under your jurisdiction. We've taken it out of out of your, you know, decision making ability and we've given it to the feds. And that and that's the whole thing. And you know, the thing that you brought up, Donna, is really important because there's a lot of people that are on our side on this and they just they just don't recognize that they're with us. So in other words, if we're looking at this and we're gonna put people on the left and people on the right, the people on the left don't want truckers to have guns. The people on the right do. Some of us that do want there to be a permit where there's a vetting process. Other folks that, that do say, no, there should be no permit because I have the right to carry under the United States Constitution Second Amendment. And that's where we go into a disagreement with those folks because what they're doing is they're talking in idealistic terms. You should have the right, but you don't. And the fact of the matter is that as long as there are states that are locking up truckers, like those two incidents that I brought up earlier a few moments ago, then that's the reality of the situation. You can say you have the right, but say that to the officer who's enforcing Andrew Cuomo's law about no more than, I think it's now up to 10 bullets in a clip. Uh, I think the court reversed seven. seven. Right. It used to be seven, and then they realized, oh, the cops were breaking the law in New York State because they had more uh -huh. than seven. So oh, the court changed it to 10. But, but now, you know, you could go in there and you could 
you can have 11 and then all of a sudden, you know, you're you're going to wind up in jail because you have one more bullet than the, than Andrew Cuomo thinks you should have. You know, that that's that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's crazy. It is. I think we've got so, other callers that want to get in on this. Uh sure, Alan, sure. do you have any yeah. Oh no, I I don't know. I I know we have other callers we need to get to cause, Oh, I mean, okay. we have a bunch of hands up here. So how long did you want to go? Oh, oh, okay. Well, I I don't know. A lot of people said they were calling in on this and I guess, you know, when you have callers, they don't have a a, a sign saying I want to talk about this. So I guess we'll just wing it. Okay, so you're saying, okay, well, I tell you what, let's just see what's going I know we have, I'm looking at who's been holding the longest, but James and Seth, I'll keep your lines open there. But uh, author here has been hanging on the longest here from uh, area code 207. So uh, go ahead. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? You wanted to talk about something and uh, and staying in control of your career, I understand. Yes. Definitely. And what do you think about this, uh, the new gun law, or petition going through, and and how it's it's going through the the House and Senate, how they're reading it now? Uh, I'm not that all that much because uh, that's nothing I've ever actually had much dealings with. Okay. I've never had a problem with it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what do you want? What do you want to discuss? Well, it's just the idea that. Um, get more people involved with, with controlling their own career rather than allowing companies to um, basically do what they want to do and the driver saying, well, okay, that's company policy. That's what I'll accept. You know, I think there's too much acceptance in the industry, and I really think that the driver needs to step up and say, this is my career. You know, I want to do this I want to achieve this in this career, and by following the rules of this company, that won't get me there, you know. So I need to go find another company to that will help me achieve that. And I think that's basically what, what James brought up, you know, give an example uh, during the times of a shortage. Uh, you know, you, you do have that leverage in Matter of fact, we we had a a show not too long ago where we actually brought up the fact that if you don't like what's going on at a time when there's a shortage, you can, you know, you can you can go to another company. You don't have to, you know, stay where you're at and take it, especially, you know, we're talking about forced dispatch and things like that. So you're absolutely right and and this is a time of, you know, uh, and I, I don't want to, you know, plug the site because I'm going to wait till the end of the show to do it. But this is an example of the new North American Trucking Alerts website where accountability has to happen. Uh, we call it the three A's, you know, awareness, accountability, and action. And this is one of the things drivers have to do is uh, is take action. And, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, I forgot, I mean, Abe that was on the show, example, he didn't like, you know, being forced to drive when he was fatigued. What did he do? He took action. So, you know, this is a new movement now that's that's going on. You're absolutely right. Yes, because, uh, I mean, it's been going on for years that companies have been telling drivers, well, you have to do this, you have to do that. And when push comes to shove, if there's a problem, it's the driver who's going to take the take heat for it. Absolutely. Wrong. You know, I, I really think that the drivers really need to somehow get together in their own minds that 
they are in control, and if the company says this and they know for a fact it's wrong, that they have some sort of way of saying, well, it's wrong. If you don't accept that I'm saying it's wrong, then I'll, I'll hopefully that will be done without some sort of, you know, bad report on DAC or, or whatever else that they have available to them to prevent the driver from getting another job. Right. Yeah, basically, I mean, basically what you're saying is uh, that the drivers just need to realize and understand their rights as a driver, and they do have rights as a driver under uh, under OSHA and EEOC and Equal op- Equal Employment Opportunity. And so really that's what you're saying, Arthur. They're just, they just need to understand that they actually do have rights and they need to stand on those rights. And, and I guess you're particularly speaking about if you're being forced this fast and to, you know, to break to break the uh, HOS violations, for example, but there are rights that protect them um, uh, under OSHA and EEOC. Yes, and I mean, I'm a big advocate on, you know, not allowing the speed limiter law to go through because, you know, to me it's it's kind of an unsafe thing, uh, you know, to be controlled by the company. It should be up to the driver to decide what speed he wants to drive at. You know, if he wants to drive slow, that's, that's his choice. Uh, well, that's why that's why we tell people. There. No, that's why we tell people when that comes up on the FFCSA comment, you know, to write your comment in. And you know, a lot of people say, "Well, it doesn't do any good." Well, it's on the record, though, and um, you know, you you, you miss a hundred percent of those shots you don't take. So um, you know, you have yeah, to I mean, you have I, to write some. I've I've written Congress. Yeah, well, my local Congress people here in the state of Maine, we have. Uh, you know, some of the most advocate uh, Congress people from the state, the truck industry. And I've written emails. They've emailed me back, you know, and all in support of, of what we uh, what we're allowed to do out here. And, you know, that's, that's the only way we're ever going to get our voice out there is to actually talk to our Congress people. I mean, it's it's one voice, but if you have the right Congress people that that pay attention to that voice, things will get done. Yeah, I mean, we have a we have a little a little file of letters that you know they always respond to you you know in a letter you know they'll say well thank you very much and this and that. Um, the you have to keep up another thing. You know, this is an important point you brought up. You have to keep up on how you're. Uh, people in office are are voting too, and that's another important thing. Um, this is yeah, a, one more aspect um, of the site we want to include, uh, where you can actually find out where do your representatives, how do they vote on on the issues that are most important to you, and and I think a lot of people don't don't look at that. So that's a really good point that you you did bring up about writing and knowing where they stand. I mean, I remember during Jason's Law, people were calling their representatives left and right. Um, we we did two national call-ins with Hope Rivenberg and where people would actually bombard the Washington switchboard. And you found out really quick where where those people stood. So uh, I, I think this is going to be an important uh, uh, a- added 
improvement on the on the NADA site where people can actually go and look how their representatives are, are representing them actually is what it amounts to, how they're voting, and if they do vote for the things that are important to them, and trucking being a major thing. So uh, excellent, excellent point. Thank you. Uh, yeah, is it the, Arthur? Yes, it's Arthur. Yeah, because okay. the, uh, the emails that I receive in response are, are personalized emails. They're, they're not yes. a form letter email. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, these these are actually being read by the Congress people, and they're they're actually responding properly to me because I've reached out to them, you know? Right, right. A lot of times they'll actually mail you a letter. I mean, they do over here. They they actually send a hard copy um, right, you know, right to the house. So uh, you'll we'll get the email, but we also get the hard copy too, so... Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, well, all right. Good advice, author. That uh, that you know, that's the we you know, we've said that, you know, it's they do look at those things, you know, they do read it and they do and it it, it does help to get things done. And and, uh, and and following up is a, is another thing, you know. Yeah, well, thank you for your response. How, you know, now how do you you know what I mean? I mean, you can keep the conversation going, too. Uh, so I, I know a lot of people do that and, you know, they're quiet behind the scenes and I want to give them a lot of credit. They might not get on Facebook and they might not do this and that and the other thing. However, they're very diligent when it comes to doing that. And I know, I know because I talk to them. So, you know, they're, they, they're quietly having their. Right. All right. Hey, appreciate it. And we will leave, uh, I'll, I'll leave your line open as well. I'm going to open up, uh. All these other lines here, as I watch the time tick by, uh, I'm going to grab Terry here. First, I'm just going to open up uh, Tom. Uh, Tom Kirk's with us, and and uh, Tom, your line is open, and I know you can definitely relate to uh, what Arthur was just sharing with us. Uh, I mean, you you guys deal with that uh, all all the time. Uh, yeah, and I'm sorry, I missed a little bit of this comment because I, I was getting a little bit of paperwork done, done there, but. I've kind of summing up a lot of what I've heard tonight, particularly hauling reefer. One of the things uh, that's reefer trailers, just to be clear. clear, (laughs) I know. I was. uh, (laughs) Particularly since my Texas is, my trailers are registered out of the state of Texas, which are token plates. I hear all the jokes as reefer token trailers. But, yeah. Anyways, uh, getting back to serious here, a lot of the plants that we go to now have the federal firearms posting that you're actually under federal regulations because I believe it has to do with uh, post-9-11 food anti-terrorism acts are not allowed to carry weapons of any kind on the most food plant property. Uh, so that is something, that, James, I don't know if you're fully aware of, that would also have to be taken account of into the regulation when it gets to that point, uh, because uh, it, it's, it, the signs are exactly the same as you'll see if you're entering a military or Navy base. You know, due to regulation, blah, 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 weapons are not allowed on, on the premises. Um, so, so that's kind of one thing, one thing to keep in mind. And it's like a few other people have said, you know, if you don't like your company's policy and it is that big of an issue for you, if this law comes into effect, you know, do the, do, do the shopping around. Uh, you know, employers are going to take notice as to what is important to the drivers, and they're going to focus on that. However, Alan, the real reason I called in, and I'm going to change topics here real quick, was to give you and Donna an update um, 
the Trucking Solutions Group, along with Make It Happen USA, uh, Kentucky Health One, the St. Christopher's Foundation, and I think I remembered everybody, have been working very few hard the last several months to put together a booth for the Louisville Truck Show at Mass. Uh, we are going to be having a mammogram, uh, or actually the mobile mammography unit is scheduled to be there. Uh, we're waiting on the final confirmation that we have our booth space. Everything else is set, but we just have to wait for confirmation from the mass show organizers that we have the booth space. Uh, but this is to basically let, start letting the female drivers out there know that you know, breast health is important. And, you know, after all, October is Breast Health Awareness Month. And, you know, there will there is the plan that there will be um, screenings there for, for the lady drivers. For those who don't have insurance or uh, have financial hardship, uh, there are going to be grants in place um, to help cover the cost, if not the entire cost, for those who qualify. Uh, if as things become a little more hard in stone and we, we get the little facts straightened out, both on RoadTestedLiving.com, my website, and TruckingSolutionsGroup.org, we'll be posting more information as well as working as the rest of the trucking media. But we, we want to start getting the word out to the lady drivers that there is going to be some options for those of you who can't get the home time scheduled. That you know, when you come to the excuse me, to the Matt's Truck Show, there's going to be options there for you to have some of your health needs taken care of. Uh, and we're also looking forward to the Randall Riley people for gas to try to do some similar events there. That's still at the very beginning of the planning stages, uh, but we are trying to work to make these health shows one-stop events for drivers where you can come in, go to the truck show, you know, learn about some of the latest things that are going on in the industry, but also get your health taken care of, too. All right. Well, that, and that's uh, Matt's, that runs about the 24th of March. And uh, every year I say, you know, I'm looking forward to going, and, and then something comes up. So this year I really am looking forward to going. So uh, that, that's great. Now, last year you had the – oh, no, that was it, Gats. That was the um, right. uh, the one with uh, the blood drive. Okay. Yeah, the, the, they're, they're, the plan is we will also be doing the blood drive at Louisville as well, as well as the uh, – health walk for drivers and the current plan is that make it happen usa will be there um doing the bone marrow registry and and um educating the people about the importance of it particularly since really what they collect now is stem cells uh, and that's used for everything from uh helping with uh i think it's uh lupus treatments possibly ms uh various bone, uh, blood diseases so there, there's, like I said, we are really making a very serious effort to try to, one, provide services that drivers need, but two, to give the drivers who a chance who wants to maybe give back to the community in some way, whether it's by donating blood, whether it's registering to be a, uh, a uh, bone marrow or stem cell donor. And remember, that is a long-term commitment because you, you might not get chosen right away. It could be 5, 10, 15 years down the road that you may get that phone call saying they found a match. So that's one of those things when you sign up, you have to realize that's kind of a long-haul situation. As drivers, we understand the long-haul probably better than anybody else. And also as drivers, we understand the importance of a lot of this stuff because it affects us in so many different ways, either from coworkers or people that we know. You know, you know, drivers get out there and probably meet a wider variety of people that have maybe a wider variety of issues 
than the average person. So, you know, you know, just as it is important to get active and things about trucker safety, whether it's Jason's law, Mike's law, things like that, we also got to start taking care of our health too, because, you know, if we don't take care of it, who else is going to? That's right. And and that comes with the accountability. And just while I'm saying that, I'm going to say that Tom Kirk is going to be a contributor uh, on the NADA uh, site, that's the North American Trucking Alert site, as well as James Lamb, as well as uh, Missy Lady Trucker, and I have a bunch of other people who are going to be contributing and taking the pledge of awareness, accountability, and action uh, for that for that website. So thanks, Tom. I really appreciate you coming on tonight. I know you're busy, and um, I, I guess Alan will just leave your mic open, huh? Yeah, I have everybody. Huh? I was Go ahead, that Tom. Work, Donna. I was going to say that will work. Um, you know, I'll, I'll okay. put myself on mute, mute for a few minutes, but if you need me, just shout and I'll be there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, everybody's mic is still open. Seth, author, I think James had to leave. But let's go to now. They've been hanging on here, and this is a, one of the topics we wanted to touch on tonight because Terry's on the line here who is a uh, trainer, uh, training a, a, deaf, a deaf driver. And I have also have uh, another caller from the same area. I'm going to try to see who that is too. But, uh, Terry, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging with us. Which one are you on? Pardon me? Both numbers are yours. Which phone are you on? Uh, well, I'm hearing you, if that's you. Yeah. Okay. The other one is yours, too. Yeah. Yeah, I I have the uh, the one that ends in 4-6 on. Okay. That's okay? Okay, <laughs> okay sir. Oh, that's okay. And now the other one is that is that somebody who wants to be on too? That's my wife. She's just listening. Oh, she's just listening in. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for hanging with us. Now, this is an interesting topic, and some we've been seeing some things going on. Uh, you know, with the, the you know the deaf drivers who are made some pretty good headway here. But just kind of fill us in on what you're doing and uh, how's everything going within this area of uh, of truck driving. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm. Uh, Swiss gave me the opportunity to train a deaf guy, uh, and through that, I've been accepted to the DTU on Facebook, and that's Deaf Truckers United. Oh, well, let and me – okay, hi. This is this is Donna, and I just wanted yes. to say I'm so glad you're you're in that group. We're in that group, too. But Bruce Dunn happened to send us an update from uh, NAD which is yeah. the National Association of uh, of the Deaf. And I just, for those who don't know what's going on with the deaf truckers, um, I, I just want to read a little bit from that, the highlights of what has gone on recently. And I'm going to tell you that a lot of this came about because of uh, the truck driver convention um, in 2011 and 2012, and they were a big part of this. And they actually got up and, through an interpreter, made uh, an announcement that was recorded about their rights. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the National Association of Deaf Drivers, you know, they're, they were really, really behind them and have done an awful lot to have things changed also. But their voice came out at those conventions. Um, so, um, anyway, so 
I'm just going to read a little bit. So for decades, Ned has advocated for the deaf and hard of hearing, and uh, especially individuals with the commercial driver's license. And recently, there were uh, 40 applications put in for exemptions, and Mm -hmm. they were met. Uh, NAD has repeatedly requested that the DOT remove hearing requirement for CDLs so that the deaf and hard of hearing truckers can qualify on the basis of skill and not hearing. And that was their skill not hearing was their uh, announcement at that 2011 uh, convention where they got up. It was, it was tremendous. It was very, very moving. Uh, Now, February 1st, 2013, those those uh, gr- they granted the exemptions uh for the hearing requirements to 40 of the deaf truckers like I just said. Yeah. And yeah. uh I, you're aware of that? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. On October 1st, DOT made it clear that the rules requiring truckers to be able to speak English does not apply to deaf uh, deaf drivers, because obviously they can't speak if they're hard of hearing, and there was so much confusion. Um, you know, they weren't getting their; they were having a hard time getting jobs, getting in schools, because the, the mm-hmm. rule was interpreted. Well, you can't speak, and it says you have to be able to speak, and that's not what it was meant for. It was meant for people who literally did not speak the English language. So correct. And that, um, was, that was October first of this month. So that was yeah, extremely the, recent. Yeah, yeah, yes. Now we're at the now we're at the last roundtable. Yes, so they have changed that, and that was a huge, huge uh, a victory for the deaf drivers uh, by the FMCSA. And, and believe me, the FMCSA—it's not easy to change things. So, uh, you know, now, kudos to them. Reads. They, but I didn't. You know, I, now it's your turn. You take the floor now, <laughs> Terry. Okay. Okay. It, it now reads that you need to be able to read and understand. The English language, exactly. Right, and and that's a victory, a huge victory. Yes, and uh, a guy from Texas, a driver from Texas, I'm helping him right now, to where he can get into a training, a CDL training school, because he's already got his. He's one of the forty that has his uh, DOT exemption. So. Hopefully, we're hoping that he's my next student after I get done with Darren. Um, and which which driver do you have? I mean, can you say? Because we know a lot of them in the DTU group. Uh, Darren Norquist. Okay. I don't think he was at the convention. He might be somebody new. No. But he's in no, the group, he, right? Yes. Yes, he is. And how is that going for you with him? It's going great. And and you know do you do you find you have to you know train differently? Obviously, do you do a lot of like writing messages? Does he read lips? How does that work? Uh, he reads lips, but it's mainly uh, as I teach him to drive, he's teaching me to sign. Oh, okay. So, so you're learning sign language. Yes, yes. I'm learning talking with my hands, and not my mouth. Okay. Well, let me ask you. Uh, I mean. Uh, <clears throat> I know I'm reading some of the notes here that Bruce sent over in October 2nd this of this month, October 2nd. Um, they had 
the DOT had their very first ever meeting between uh, their officials and representatives from the American Association of Motor Vehicle Administrators, the Commercial Vehicle Training Association, the National Association of Publicly Funded Truck Driving Schools, the NAD, and several deaf truckers. Uh, so this was kind of a, a, a history-making meeting between all this to try to establish and to pinpoint and identify the barriers uh, that you know these these drivers face. Let me ask you. We we talked to uh, when we had our convention, and and I I had I spent a lot of time with um, quite a bit of time with some of the deaf truckers there, uh, and they were saying that they how. Are, let me just ask you how how is your driver when you go to a shipper or receiver? I don't know at what point you're at if you let him go up and handle everything. How 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 do you see them being received by the shipper and receivers? Uh, at least from what you know, what you're you're going through at this time. Actually, I've let him check in a couple of different shippers and receivers. Uh, Darren, he can talk a little bit. There are some out there that cannot. And so what we're doing is we're bringing awareness to the deaf drivers around. Uh, we've stopped at a couple of different. Uh, Scales, Nebraska City, uh, Nebraska, and North Platte, Nebraska. And they're going to bring up the deaf, the situation of the deaf drivers in their next meetings to bring awareness to it. And then... Yeah, uh, there's a... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, and then uh, the different places we stop at, I introduce myself. Hey, this is... I'm tainted with short transportation. This is my student. Darren, he is deaf. He does read lips. So you need to look at him when you talk. And it's been it's been a good uh I've been getting good reviews so far, you know what I mean? Okay, so he he he's been he's been received well by the by the shippers and receivers. Yes. Cuz yes, I know some of them ha- had a lot of problems with that. I think the ones that had problems uh, couldn't read lips. I know that um, there was one driver a couple of years ago <clears throat> who had difficulty. He couldn't read lips, and he used to have, keep a pad, mm-hmm. and he would have a sign that said, I am deaf, and he would hold it up either at the way scale or wherever he was, and then he would go back and forth with uh, with notes you know, so I guess if you read lips, that's really a big advantage. Yes. And, and even if, well, we've been telling them at, in Nebraska is that the, if they pull up on the uh, DOT scale and the light stays red, they pull into the parking lot and then go in and see what they want. Okay. Well, what would you say to those drivers uh, who, who say, you know, that they're, you know, just, not really hip on, you know, uh, deaf or hard of hearing, being able to drive an 80,000 pound rig and, and, um, you know, there, there's a few out there. So what, what, how long have you been training this one? I've been training him for about a week now. Oh, a week. uh, Okay. Yeah. I've had, I've had good, I've talked to everybody out there, everybody we run into, I talked to, and I've had Uh a good, I've had good, uh, talk about that so far. Everybody's accepted and everything else. But like you said, there are some out there that don't want to hear it, don't want to accept it. Well, you know, I I was just going to say, 
if you look at the research, the deaf drivers are so in tune to all their other senses are exactly. so heightened. Their their hearing might not, you know, be doing well or or at all. However, their uh, peripheral vision, their sensory to movement, um, they can pick up a something wrong with their engine by the vibration. Um, it, it it's so heightened everything else, and <clears throat> a lot of points were made. A lot of drivers can't hear in the truck anyway with all the noise going on. So they're really at a disadvantage because their other senses aren't heightened and they can't pick up things. I mean, I read some story, I don't know how long ago, but there was something serious going on with the truck. And that driver knew it because he could feel something, you know, didn't feel the same. And he pulled over and sure enough, I wish I could remember, but I can't. It was something really serious going on with the truck and and he, he felt it. Whereas uh-huh. you wonder if somebody else would have been able to, uh, you know, accomplish that, to detect that. So uh, it is about skill and not hearing. And I know Alan's written when, when there were the comments open. I remember uh, reading it, and he wrote many times, you know, to support to support them. So, you know, really glad to hear that, that you've stepped up and, and you're, you're, you're doing this for them. I look at it this way, that... I tell everybody he's a better driver. He's better than my hearing drivers that I've had. Sure. So I believe it. Fact, like, you, like you were just talking about, Miss Donna, that he, he, all his other senses are heightened so much. When, when and he's not going to be yeah. talking on the phone either. Exactly. He won't be talking on the CB either. I like exactly. him talk on the phone a couple times, but he won't do it. Uh-huh. Right. Well, I mean, you know, the radio, I mean, all that. I mean, they're they're focused on driving. Exactly. And that's the thing is they have they have to fight so much harder than the other people. Uh there we have another trainer Swift that trains deaf drivers too. His his driver uh just got upgraded to solo. And he said he told his his uh his student you guys have to work twice as hard because you're deaf. But the thing is, is they're willing to do it. Yeah. Well, so. I'll tell you, kudos to you. Um, I appreciate, you know, what you're doing, and I know they do. I told uh, Bruce, I replied to his email because he, he wrote it over at Info, and I told him about the show tonight, and he was really quite pleased, so I think he told a bunch of people uh, over uh, in the DTU group. What's Bruce's last name? Dunn. Bruce Dunn. Yes, I'm friends with him on uh, DTU. Yeah. Uh, he's a very big part of the group. He he does a lot. I mean, a lot of the people in there. I don't want to just single him out, but he is well, a, yeah. a, a, a big uh, force uh, in that group. Exactly. There's a lot of people uh Brandon's the one that uh, talked to me. I talked to him a lot. Uh, he's the one that accepts people into the group and everything else. And he's the one I talked to, and he's a big advocate of uh, the roundtable in D.C. Now, who is this? Uh, Brandon uh, Burton. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes, yes. Okay. So he, uh Matter of fact, he wants me to go to the next roundtable if I can make it. 
can let them know what kind of good reviews we have and everything else. Well, that's that's wonderful. I, I hope you can do that uh, and be a part of that community as a as a hearing person, you know, supporting. Because I think that's important, you know, to have people outside your um, deaf community support you is huge. Uh, so yeah, that. awesome. That's awesome. Well, gee, thanks thanks so much for uh for calling in. Hey, hey, you're welcome. All right, Terry. Hey, appreciate it and uh uh you know that it's interesting what he's doing. I mean, I I know on our show description, Donna, we put that he was uh training one of 40 deaf truckers in the country. There's only 40 40 in the country. Um, well, you know, I I thought there were more than that, but well, let, let me see. I I have them here again, real quick. Is that uh, hey Terry, you still with us? Yes, yes. Is, is is am I reading that right? There's only forty deaf truckers in in the in in the entire country, or do you know? That, that that's the way I understand it. Yes. Wow! Wow! I thought I thought there were more than that, but uh, that's unbelievable. Well, I mean, with one one point three million OTR truckers and only forty of them are deaf. I mean. I I I I was uh I just find that amazing. Yeah. And uh I've heard they've the the Washington opened up for 120 DOT exemptions but only 40 have been handed out so far. Okay. Well, they have to meet a criteria like everything else, you know. Yes. Yeah. And, and it takes uh from the way I understand it takes 6 to 8 months to get the DOT hearing exemption. Okay, now are they? They're, they didn't bypass the forty decibels, right? That hearing test. I mean, that's still on there. No, they they have not yet. Okay, because I know that's something that they were working on, mm-hmm. and that's probably why there's only forty. If that's true, I'm going to research that, Alan, and and look into that because that number yeah. seems awful low. I think that was perhaps the number of the exemptions that were granted. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense because yeah, exactly, they granted exactly. the exemptions to 40 of them. Okay. Yeah, but I All think right. there's mm-hmm. a lot more than that in the country. Yeah. Um, that already, you know, they probably, you know, passed the 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 um the hearing test, maybe not the forced whisper because, you know, that that's pretty ridiculous, but you That's know, where the, that 40 comes from from that February 1st exemption. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. got it all straight. All right. Hey, Terry, appreciate it. Hey, anytime in time. All right. Hey, and uh you have any announcements, Donna? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, we will take a quick break and come back with Donna's announcements and wrap up this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. Hang with us. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. up truckers are you looking for deals on trucks trailers parts or equipment or maybe you need to sell something truck related well there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers no middlemen involved that's why we call it trucker to trucker.com there's no charge at all for looking and if you want to place an ad for what you're selling it's just 19.95 and it runs till it sells so whether you're buying or selling it's time to log on and take a look trucker to trucker.com check it out that's trucker to trucker.com Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, 
and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas, but they never work for trucking companies. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website TruckerLawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash trucker lawyers and follow them on Twitter as at trucker lawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. And when you call truckerlawyers.com, be sure to mention that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. All right, Donna, what you got to see? Well, is, um, is, is Terry still on the line? I wanted to ask him something. I think so. Let me pull him up here. There he is. Go ahead. Hey, Terry. Yes. <clears throat> Are you Terry Tater Sutton on Facebook? Yes. Okay, I just uh, sent you a friend request, and I'm going to send you a private message uh, from Tom Kirk. He wanted me to send you a message, so be looking out okay. over there. Okay. Okay. Okay, um, righty. I just wanted to make sure I had the right uh, the right person because <laughs> there was a few Terry Suttons on there. Okay, um, I want to make an announcement uh, about the North American Trucking Alerts dot com, uh, which will be totally unveiling shortly. You can go to North American Trucking Alerts dot com right now, watch the video, watch the goal and the mission statement, and. Uh, that site will have a lot more on it in the next uh, week or two. Uh, it's a movement. It's begun uh, to separate the complainers and the blamers from the doers. The movement is called the North American Trucking Alerts, and it represents a call to all those who are actively choosing to be a part of real solutions rather than continual talk. And, I mean, it's the talk is important because that creates the awareness. So, um, you know, we don't want to downplay discussions and and like that. However, after awareness, you know, you have to go to the next stage, which is accountability. And then the next step after that is action. And we call it the AAA, uh, Awareness, Accountability, and Action. And... Um, and it's it's for everyone involved in trucking. Um, everybody is going to have to play a part in this, uh, and that includes the drivers, carriers, shippers, receivers, brokers, all your Facebook groups, your organizations, CDL schools, and and everybody within within the industry. Uh, it's a place where uh, you address the truck driver shortage as well as the issues facing the industry and professional driver, uh, because it's these issues that are leading up to this shortage. People are leaving, and they're not being the ones coming in aren't being retained. Retention is another another big problem. And uh, we, we, we still have over 100% turnover. So that, that says something uh, about what's going on. Okay, so 
we have contributors, uh, writers that have stepped up who are going to um, explain the accountability and action part. Um, so far, we have Tom Kirk, Jeff Barker, Brian Carlson, uh, James Land, Joan Raby, who is Missy Lady Trucker, and Hal Kaya, and and Alan Smith. So uh, stay tuned for the final unveiling of the North American Trucking Alerts, and we'll we'll have that up and going for you. This is really a, a tremendous movement. Uh, we believe in the right direction because there's a lot of great people out there who are doing a lot of great things, and we want to bring them together and create now an accountability and solutions for this industry. Uh, with that being said, we also have our other site uh, that was launched a couple of months ago, a Trucking Social Media, and it's where trusted partners get together. It's kind of the same idea as the North American Trucking Alerts. Um, this is uh, like a resource of information. You can go there and, you know, you can find your um, example, social media groups. Uh, you can find the uh, federal websites like the FMCSA and everything you need there. It's just a click of the button. So it's really a resource of information that you can go to. It's truckingsocialmedia.com. Uh, the network's designed to attract like-minded people who believe that honesty and transparency are essential when building trust in relationships. And these like-minded individuals, and that includes companies and corporations, are referred to as the circle of trust. And uh, include um, all who believe that integrity is key to the success and betterment of the industry. And they follow the uh, motto, raising the standards of the trucking industry. And we've been using that for uh, a long a long time now. So these these two websites are uh, very much related. Um, one, the trucking social media is the resource where you can go to. And trust me, the partners on that page have been um, have been vetted and they truly are one of our trusted partners, so you can trust anybody who's on that site, any kind of advertising they do. Now, on the resource page, that's totally you know, just resources, so there's no advertising allowed on that page. Um, okay, again, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com and TruckingSocialMedia.com. If you do want more information on these two websites, uh, if you want to be a contributor, if you want to give uh, uh, information on a group on social media that you think needs to be on that site, uh, just send us an email over at info at truthabouttrucking.com or at northamericantruckingalerts at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be more than happy to uh, hear your suggestions for these two websites or to be a contributor. Um, contributors write articles and offer offer their uh, uh, actions and accountability to the industry and what they're doing to change the industry. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. Again, that's info at truthabouttrucking.com or northamericantruckingalerts at gmail.com. Um, I already said my announcement for Kathy uh, Cass. And I spoke to her in the chat room. She's really grateful for that. And Why don't she, you repeat that? I mean, okay. the help 
uh, because, you know, we have people coming in, coming out, and, I mean, I, I had all 50 lines full, then we went down to 40, 46, and then we went back to 50, then we went down to – people yeah, are coming people. in and out all the time. So and okay. that, that's uh, – uh, you know, Kathy and Robert, they're such great people. Why don't you just uh, repeat that here okay. at the end, too, as well? It, okay, well, <clears throat> pretty much – in a nutshell, um, uh, Kathy and Robert Cass. Robert is a driver, a great guy. We met him both years at the truck driver convention. And uh, Kathy was one of the um, finalists for the uh, Making a Difference Award that year, and it was because of all that she did for others. And right now they need some help. Uh, so with all they've done for others, I, I think you know we can all step up and offer them a little help. Robert's been very ill, and he is hoping to get back to work. He suffered two mini-strokes um, and, you know, lost insurance and all like this, and now they're having a hard time with their basics. You know, we're talking food, the phone, heat, uh, things like that. So they do have, and I'm going to post this on Facebook for everybody, they do have three ways you can help. And we're just saying, you know, if you can afford $5, you know, we have a lot of friends on Facebook, and that could help them out through the winter with heat and things like that. Um, They have a PayPal account uh, that will post Kathy underscore cast 2001 at yahoo.com. They have a GoFundMe account. And they also have a Tupperware fundraiser where if you like Tupperware, Uh, 40% of that money will go to them, and that was from Deb Jones. She started that uh, for the CASAs. So we will post this. We're hoping we do get a response from this and uh, help our friends out. I know a lot of people, you know, are are down on their luck right now times, but this is something that, you know, I mean, this is an illness, a guy who's worked, what, 20 years in OTR trucking, and this is one of the things, you know, that um, you talk about accountability, you know, your your company needs to step up too. So um, I don't know if it was, Alan, you know Robert better than I do. Um, is Robert an owner-operator or was he a company driver? Uh, if I remember right, I think he was an owner-operator. Okay. But I'm not for sure, but I think so. But he's just a great guy and not asking for much. You know, right, three, just a little. Five dollars. I mean, you look at how many people we have on social media. If, even if a thousand cent five dollars, that's five grand. I mean, you know, just yeah. the smallest amount helps. Yeah, I know they have a lot of hospital bills, um, but I think right now we're talking about the basics of life. So uh, right. anyway, I'll post that up on. Uh, You'll put that up. Yeah, I'll post that up on Facebook for everybody, and hopefully, you know, we can all you know come to the plate and help our fellow uh, fellow drivers. And let me see what else I have. Actually, um, okay, we did the the NAD announcement. So this evening, I think that's all we have right now. That's all you got? That's it. All right. Well, listen, appreciate everyone everyone, uh, tuning in, listeners and callers. Be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And so until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, truthabouttrucking.com, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live. I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.